Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Good luck with the most beautiful game. Do us proud. Red alert! They're up and running again. So smooth, so sweet, splendid, succinct, just glorious execution. Guys, all I'm looking for is 60% effort, 4,000% of the time. How sharp was that? Sharp of mind and body. And that's why you see those beautiful tears. Look at his movements. The most dangerous man on the planet, nobody picks him up. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Wonder Goal, the soccer betting podcast from the Action Network. My name is Michael Lieboff. Joining me in just a moment will be my colleagues and co-hosts, BJ Cunningham and Anthony DeBundo. Uh, together, the three of us will break down the upcoming quartet of Champions League quarterfinal matches coming your way Tuesday, April the 11th and Wednesday the 12th. But before we get to that, a reminder that Wonder Goal is presented to you by Bet365, the world's favorite sportsbook brand. Sign up with promo code ACTION to get Bet365's exclusive sign-up offer in New Jersey, Colorado, and Ohio. You bet $1 in any game, and you get $200 in bonus bets. Let's just really quickly break down the big picture here in the Champions League. City is your favorite at plus 225. Bayern Munich, second choice, plus 350. Napoli, 4-1. to one. Real Madrid, plus 650. Then Benfica, Inter, and Chelsea are all 14 to 1. AC Milan is the biggest long shot left in the field. They are 20 to 1. City and Bayern, as fate would have it, will be playing each other in these quarterfinals. Once again, a lopsided draw. The hat has a sense of humor this year. City is a minus 138 favorite in the opening leg at the Etihad. Bayern plus 350. The draw is 3 to 1. City is minus. 200 to advance, Bayern plus 150. City got a pretty big boost this weekend in the Premier League. They won. Arsenal drew with Liverpool. They now control their own destiny in the title race. It's a war on two fronts for Pep and his men. This is a really tricky matchup, though. I think we've all been a little bit skeptical Bayern Munich this year, but that shouldn't take away from the fact that they are one of the, you know, a top 10 team in European soccer, right? Top five, top two, Anthony says. I would have them second. I think you can debate that. But the point is, I think if you've listened to our Champions League episodes, you probably thought, we like to poke holes in this team. But when you're dealing with one of the best teams in the world, that's what you have to do. 
right? You're trying to find a way to bring them down. Well, when you're looking at teams at the bottom half of the table, you're trying to find ways that you can bring them up. So if this is one versus two in your power rankings, I think you'd have to look at the underdog or nothing. But the two advance line, I don't think gets me excited. Maybe Bayern to advance, should they lose like one nil or two one? It's interesting. Otherwise, from like the 90 minute line, it would be Bayern or nothing for me. Anthony, what are your thoughts? Yeah, this market moved heavy in the last week because we we hinted at this last week on the show and City was like minus 130. And I would have recommended a bet on Man City at that number. But now, I mean, minus 180, minus 190, 200, way too steep. I have City around 61% to go through when I ran my my numbers. So, and that's like making everything 50-50 after they get to extra time, two coin flip. So I'm not going to be able to get to this number in either leg on Man City. A reader reached out to me and said, you know, why do you hate City so much? It's really relative to the market. Like I still have said all year that they're the best team in the world. And and I bet them repeatedly now to win the league, which we're now odds on to do. But the problem here is where is Bayern better than City on the pitch? Like if you, I know the combined XI is corny, like combined 11 is corny, but how many Bayern players make it into the City team? I would argue it's like two. It's like Kimmich and Musiala are probably the only two players that I take from Bayern and, and insert into the City team. Maybe I guess Alfonso Davies. Otherwise, like I'm taking... City at every other position. From a tactical point of view, we've seen this so many times now where Pep does this this thing in the Champions League where they're a little bit too passive and they get a little bit too cute. But it's almost been kind of, I don't want to say solved this year, but at least somewhat fixed by the fact they just have a bulldozer of a striker who you just put on the pitch and then he just scores the goals. And it kind of solves the tactical problem that Pep has always had where he doesn't have like a true nine all the time, at least in the post-Aguero era. So I would lean toward the under here solely based on me still not really being a much of a believer in a Bayern attack against elite competition led by Eric Maxim Chupamoting. Still have question marks about that. And really with this being a first leg, you normally are paying attacks and, and we'll talk about this with the other matches. Like there is an under tax on a couple of these games. This game less so, sitting a little over or sitting right at three minus 120 to the under. That would be my bet. If I had to bet anything right now, I'm going to wait because I think there's a chance this goes up to 3.25 and I can bet it there. Whereas uh, I want that three protection because I I do see this game being a little bit lower scoring, both teams feeling each other out, trying not to lose the tie in the first leg. Yeah, it does feel like it calls for a pretty pragmatic approach from City. And then you say that and then they bury six. So Holland does the goals. Right. (laughs) It's it's. So it's famous less words, but it it does like feel like that. And I'll also say this, like whoever comes out of this high, like you feel like you almost would bet against them in the next, they're going to be a massive favorite, obviously, to win the, the competition. And I think the price will just be inflated because this will be viewed as their biggest step. And, and that naturally will inflate the price in the semifinal, whoever gets through. BJ, which way are you leaning here? Yeah, I'm leaning kind of with what Anthony was saying. I'm kind of leaning towards taking City, but from a pre-match standpoint, I have City projected at minus 134, so I can't play them pre-match around, you know, minus 130, minus 135, nowhere it's gotten up to. But I think the fascinating part of this is, you know, Anthony likes to talk about this in the Champions League, which is very, very key. It's these teams who are used to controlling a lot of possession who now are not going to have the ball. My guess is that City is going to control a majority of the possession in this match which means Bayern is going to have to sit and defend. There have been four instances this season where Bayern has held less than 50% possession. It was both matches against Barcelona. One of the matches was a 4-2 win over Wolfsburg, where they created half an expected goal and scored four times. 
And then the second leg against PSG when they already had a lead and they were playing more defensive. So Tuchel in the past with Chelsea has been a good pressing team. Like their pass per defensive action was 8.7 last season, but they had the same number of high turnovers as Brentford. So a lot of their pressing was done in their own final third, you know, when teams entered and try and then basically try to get the ball and get it going on the counter. Now what city did against Southampton, I think is important what they've been doing recently and why they've had this great run is Pep is getting the ball in wide areas a lot more. If you look at the match against Liverpool, De Bruyne constantly was going into wide areas, trying to pull Liverpool defenders out of the way to create space in the middle of the pitch. And, you know, Grealish and Mares have been attacking from wide areas into the middle of the pitch as well. And against Southampton, you saw a very pragmatic, slow build-up style play to begin the match. It's because they wanted Southampton to, they wanted to bait them into pressing so they could play right through them, create opportunities going in transition, create numbers going forward. I think the same is going to happen here. So I'm going to look, try to look at get Manchester City live after about the 20th minute or so to see how this match plays out. Because I do think Byron comes out in a very passive approach, sits in a very deep low block. But as the match progresses and goes on, City's going to continue to bait them to press. And once Byron tries to press, because under the last two managers, They've obviously been a very aggressive pressing, counter-pressing team, trying to keep teams in their own final third. So I think it's a good opportunity for City. Once Bayern does start to come out of this like low block defensive shape, start pressing them, I think City will find their way through. So I'm going to look to get a better price on City live. Other than that, I mean, the price has just gotten, like Anthony said, the price has just gotten too high for City to play them pre-match at this point. It feels like the good news that City got this weekend is kind of just like seeped into everything. Like it just, it feels like. And, uh, and one thing also I'll mention is that Tuchel is still trying to figure things out. Like this is what match three or four of him in charge right now. He's been going up with different buildup shapes, trying to go forward. Like he's still trying, cause he doesn't have, you know, besides Chupamotang, he doesn't have a true number nine up top. And against Freiburg, he tried it with Gnarby and they had a great match. Like they created over three and a half expected goals. They were really, really good. But what also what he's been doing is he's been inverting Cancelo into the middle of the pitch and build up play, which Cancelo is one of the best inverting left backs in the world. Well, guess what? He's not available for this match because he's on loan. Yeah. This is his parent club. So that's another situation that Byron's going to have to try to figure out. So yeah, it's, it almost feels just like be a square and just play city, but no, I, I think I'm going to try to get them live though. We'll hope, I guess, hope to get them live. I think Cancelo's already been frozen out at Byron. Maybe not so much with Tuchel coming in, but it didn't seem too optimistic for him anyway, because he had had certainly had a falling out with the f- former manager I'll be looking to play like we don't have props up yet. We're recording this Sunday night. I'll be interested to see what that Bayern shot number looks like and potentially looking to play the under. I'll tweet it or put it in the app if I end up betting it. But I will be interested because I do think that what we've seen under Tuchel time and time again is that they're prioritizing quality shots over quantity. And if they do that in this matchup against a city team that's going to want to strangle possession, I think that results in fewer shots than maybe the market thinks. Of course, it's correlated to the under as well. That's definitely going to be the headliner on Tuesday, 3 p.m. Eastern time kickoffs the other match on that day is Benfica at home as a plus 110 favorite on the three-way money line against Inter plus 260 the draw is three to one to advance Benfica slight 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 favorite at bet 365 minus 125 over Inter I don't have anything here I think if you're gonna play one of these teams to advance like I would almost just point to like a future or whatever but I think everyone's gonna expect it to be pretty low scoring and like a, a rock fight of over two legs. So maybe there's some contrarian value on going with the over. But other than that, it's going to be a pass for me. It looks like a pass for you, Anthony. BJ, what do you have? 
I don't mind a, a look at Inter plus a half. You can find them at, you know, I found it as low as, as minus 132 as of right before recording this because Benefica has taken some money. Like they opened at plus 125. They've come down to plus 110 at some books. So the price is getting there on Inter. And, you know, I talked about Inter in the last podcast and they did it again. But, you know, Salonitana, Ochoa, they, they both own me. But Inter created close to three expected goals, only found the back of the net once. So that's in their last four matches in Serie A. They've scored two goals off of 10.6 expected. That's insanely bad luck. So listen, now the last, in the round of 16, they squeaked by Porto. They were, you could argue they were at the better side over, over two legs. And they played very passive, especially in that second leg. Well, Inter is a very good pressing team. First leg, pass per defensive action of 6.2. Second leg, 13.6. They had a lead, so they sat on it and they didn't press. They didn't go forward as much. But overall for the season, they are a very good pressing team. They have forced the second most high turnovers in Italy. They're top five in passes per defensive action, which I think is important because Benefica hasn't really played a really, really good pressing team throughout the Champions League. If you look at their group stage, they were in a group with PSG and Juventus, who out of possession are both very passive teams. Then they lucked into a draw against Bruges, who is a complete fraud, but did give them some trouble with their pressing in like the first 20 minutes. Anthony will tell you that. And then after that, it was just one-way traffic for Benefica. But I don't really think Benefica is, especially from a talent perspective, like they don't have more talent than Inter. So why are they garnering this price? And even if you look right before the Champions League, they had a couple poor performances. Like they beat Rio Ave in the Portuguese Premier League. One nothing, but they lost the expected goals battle there. They just played Porto on Friday. They lost 2-1 to them. That's the best competition they've played since the middle of January. So now we're getting in a situation where they haven't played that good competition, where Inter has been really underperforming, who is on Inter's also getting their best defender screener back, who's been out for a long time due to injury. He is incredibly important to their defense. So I, I don't really see why Benefica should just be an odds-on favorite here at home. I get it. Their underlying metrics in, in Portugal are really impressive. They've been really, really good throughout the Champions League. But, you know, I have them projected around plus 140. So I'm going to take Inter plus a half because, again, this is the first leg and they just need a draw to get this thing back to Milan. So I don't see it. I don't understand why Benefica is essentially odds-on here, uh, given that they don't have a talent edge over Inter. Yeah, I mean, uh, the only thing that does concern me is that I don't know what to make of Inter because on Earth One, like they have a perfectly fine finishing season. They're comfortably second in in Italy. We don't have these question marks about Martinez and Lukaku, who have both been in just awful form finishing wise. And then at the other end, like they've conceded well above their XG. They've had really poor goalkeeping all season. So it, it just feels like that I agree with this number in general with Benfica and Inter being about even teams. I have Benfica a small favorite to advance very tight though, minus one Oh five. And so I don't really have value on either side of this matchup. I was hoping to play an under because I do think Inter will defend pretty conservatively here and dare Benfica to beat them down. And Benfica has not played a team that's as good defensively as this Inter one is in the entire group stage. I, you know, it's kind of what you said, uh, BJ. So I, I would certainly lean toward the under, but you're paying a huge tax on this uh, under two and a half. So I can't quite get there. This is for me, a good live betting situation. I will probably live pet the other team. Whoever concedes first, I would be happy to grab the other team to advance as a big plus money team, because I do think this will 
be a very even tie when it comes down to it after 180. But I don't want to lay either team as a favorite. Inter really did struggle with Porto. Porto isn't as good as Benfica. Benfica has the better attackers to take advantage maybe too if Inter is uh, very passive and conceding a ton of space. All right, let's flip to Wednesday. We'll start with Madrid and Chelsea. <laughs> Real Madrid's minus 143. Chelsea, 4-1. to one. Frank Lampard's Chelsea. Can they sack him right now? The draw is plus Still time to hire Jesse Marsh. Who's not going <laughs> no, to as time. as you know, and you know, unfortunately, we didn't get in this with Eric Ronaldo, but I'm sure Marsh asked for a long term contract, and Lester was like, "No, <laughs> not at all." <laughs> That'd be my guess, but looks like talks have broken down again between those two. Well, here Madrid is minus two fifty, and and Chelsea's plus one seventy five. We've said it a couple of times. I'm sticking to it. I don't. I'm not just going to let the one game under Frank Lampard Act Two deter me. Act Three. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I think Chelsea is still a good bet to win the whole you're thing not, at fourteen to one. You're not betting against Carlo. No, I, I mean I love Carlo. He's the best manager in the world besides Sean Dyche. But I know why Chelsea is is hanging at the same price as Benfica and Inter. It's because they've got a much more difficult quarterfinal match. But should they get through, that means that they're going to be in a quarterfinal or excuse me, semifinal with one of City and Bayern, sure, or they could draw Benfica or Milan. Right, like the path is there. They just got to get through Real Madrid, which is going to be tough. Considering well, then also City or Bayern, right? Yeah, but like if you get some draw luck, you're hopefully we already have them. the draw. though, is my point, though. Yeah, right. But you would see them in the last. I wouldn't make them more than plus two fifty to get through either of those teams, Chelsea or, or Bayern or City. Yeah, so that's the point. I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I, the argument is, is that like why is Real Madrid so much more of a favorite over Chelsea? I don't think they should be. I make Real Madrid minus 122 to advance. So yeah, favored, but not that much. And yeah, I know I love Chelsea and I bet them every week and they let me down consistently, but I think this is a decent matchup and the linchpin is back. I bet Chelsea Saturday woke up, saw the market move 40 cents. I was like, oh, Chelsea's minus 140 now. That's great. It must mean we have like the all-stars playing. And then I look and and Golo Kante's not even in the team. That was a little bizarre. It was very obvious to me though that they held him out. They're done in England, which right. I think we need to consider now. Conte's back. That's an elite three-man midfield. And I think the biggest thing here is Vinicius Jr. cooked Liverpool in, in the last round. Alexander Arnold's very spotty defensively. Reese James, considerably better. I think that makes a huge difference defensively trying to you know go at Real's best player in this tournament. So I like the athleticism advantage for Chelsea in the midfield. I think they'll be able to play a, a, an underdog role here which is interesting against Real because Real doesn't have a great transition defense. Chelsea is kind of built that way with Havertz and Felix. Like I'm intrigued by this, especially with Conte manning the midfield that I'm going to take the Blues plus a half and to advance. I know I fade Real all the time. I lose all the time at Chelsea and, and it has not gone well in the last month, but the Blues can absolutely score. This time is a little different, I feel like. I feel like when you're usually fading them, you're doing it with them as a either uneven footing with the team that they're going up against like a team like Liverpool or as an underdog this time you got to lay it with Real Madrid which makes it makes it a little it's a big difference yeah it's a different their magic show like when you're betting them as an underdog you're part of it like you're you're like okay let's cook up some of this you know Real Madrid dark magic yeah. because that's what you need an underdog to do but when you're relying on that stuff as a favorite it's a very different situation yeah and Real struggled in the group stage with Leipzig as a, as a favorite in two separate occasions even at home you know, came out first 15, 20 minutes, totally flat. Maybe Chelsea to score first is intriguing. That could be really interesting. Yeah. 
because we've seen it. That first half at Anfield still happened. I know the second half. I know they dominated the last you know hour. But that first half when they couldn't get out of their own half still happened in that Liverpool tie. Real Madrid still got their butts beat in by Villarreal at home this weekend. Like I know that it's Champions League voodoo, but it can't just be that. So, by the way, bet regret with that spot. Why didn't we have Villarreal? But um, I will, once again, hitch my wagon to the Blues. How much are you putting on them to win the Premier League next year? I don't see myself that. Split it with Brighton? I mean, Chelsea's... If they had kept Potter and signed a true nine, I think I could have sold myself on it. But not, not, probably not. What about Deserby and Evan Ferguson? (laughs) Yes. I think they're just going to lose Deserby. Yeah, probably. Well, uh, the good thing the Premier League forced Brighton out of the top four after this weekend against Tottenham. Yeah, that was horrible. Uh, I, was I, I was sickened as a Tottenham fan yeah, to see VAR give us I know. I win. was sickened too. They just won all the big six in the top four. This is why they kept Everton out all these years, Michael. Um, yeah, it's just it's sickening. But um, no, I mean, I, I got listen, I got nothing on this match. I w- did find it interesting that Lampard switched Chelsea back to his patented 4-3-3. Adding Conte to that obviously helps a little bit, but you know it's it's changing a system, you know, and it's a second match in charge. So I think I'm just going to stay away. I don't trust Frank Lampard, especially his his Everton's teams were so bad in transition defense, and Real Madrid going in transition is one of the most scary teams in the world. So I have Real Madrid projected right around where this is at. So I'm happily going to pass and, and watch the Blues create two and a half expected goals and lose one nothing. Reese James and Angola Conte, though, they're the they're the stoppers. And I think that is just so huge in this matchup. I think that's the difference. I'm assuming Conte's good to go. And I just don't understand the move. I mean, it, it opened Real Madrid was minus 130, and and I agreed. And now they're minus 200 plus. It's uh, crazy. I rarely go against Real Madrid. And, and like I said, I, I think the draw has had a lot to do with that because of, of who they've drawn, a team that I just never will bet on in, in Liverpool, basically. And But this time around, like, I even think that it's at Madrid, right? If Real Madrid yep. goes back to Chelsea with a one nil lead, we're gonna get Chelsea pick them even money. And, and I mean, like, like honestly, I would go like, back to the Chelsea future. Well, like I would say it again. Like, and and maybe it sounds like a broken record because we we were banging the Leipzig drum, uh, BJ. Uh, not me. No, I know, but me and oh, I was banging that really hard. Yeah, I was still we're, still we're, banging. It was your concoction, and, and um, I mean, that was a huge number. Which Chelsea is fourteen to one to win it now. If they they lose by one, this number is gonna fly through the roof. And like this is this, I think all three of us would agree that like the ceiling for Chelsea is fourth highest. Fourth, fourth, fourth. Yeah, yeah. I would say that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think Chelsea's ceiling is still higher than Real Madrid's. Yeah, what fourth. about Napoli? No. Right. So fourth. Yeah. Fourth. Yeah. And one of one of the teams ahead of them is going to be gone. Yeah. Although one team has Benzema, the other team doesn't. So that that. Yeah. No. I, I don't know. It'd be close. And this is the same number basically that they were going into the tournament, and they're. And two, and two let's be honest, they were the they were. I know it's a different team, different manager, different players, but like they were better than Real Madrid in the Champions League last year over both legs. If you remember that first leg that was at Chelsea, yeah. there was just two really dumb mistakes that they made that essentially led to two Real Madrid goals. And like Benzema was just on his like godlike finishing rate. And then Chelsea, if we remember, like they came back and they were. They were going they through beat the at one shit point. out of them in that they second leg. They killed them in the second leg. Yeah. So, really I get, but again, team, like it's a completely different Chelsea team now. Like, there's still a few players here and there. It's a completely different manager. So, like, you can't really take much away from it. But this is pretty much the same Real Madrid team. So, and I, I also will say, I don't think Frank Lampard's managerial flaws, because he's only been back for 
a fortnight basically now, less will wreck this, right? Like he's not coming in and changing the system to what he played at Everton and played at Chelsea pre-Tuchel. What could he have done to completely change this team from what they were playing under Potter, which was going really well. It's just the nets were saran wrapped. So, yep. Chelsea, I think the, <laughs> where, where are they right now in the premier league? 11th? 11th, 11th. 11th. Yeah. The 11th place team in the premier league. Maybe they they, could, they've scored fewer goals than Palace. Yep. They've scored fewer they've goals, scored than fewer goals than Erling Holland. They're, they're, that they're, is true. Here wow. we are. They're, they're sitting behind. Well, I mean, Vi- yeah, they've scored fewer goals, but I mean, Roy Hodgson's palace is. Uh, the team sitting behind Villa, Brighton, we'll Brentford, so. Fulham. Tune in Thursday for a Roy Hodgson love fest. I can't oh, wait God. to ask BJ about Arsenal. Save I've been waiting the, all yeah, day. But it does feel good to bet, to say to bet the 11th best team or the 11th place team in the Premier League. Give to people win. a preview. We're yeah, fine. Music. Everything's fine. Four XG. It's no need to overreact. It was a beautiful second half. Okay, let's. What's next? Last game. Yeah, can you guess which one it is? Disagreement. Uh, Milan head to head. I'm I'm stunned. BJ's on. Actually, I'm not that stunned. It's hilarious that there's three Italian teams in this final eight. And and they're UA. They're going to be number one in UEFA coefficient. Two in Rome. Two in the Europa League who have a real chance. Juve and Roma, and the second favorite to win the Conference League, Fiorentina. Could be the treble. And And, and, Lazio is going to be in the Champions League next year. Of all Lazio is going to be in the top four. Yeah. They're gonna finish second for this one. For this one, Milan's uh, plus one ninety at home, hosting Napoli plus one fifty five on the road. The only road favorite on the board. The draw is plus two twenty to advance. Napoli minus one eighty eight. Uh, Milan plus one thirty seven. I'll let you guys take it over. I'm spending Wednesday with my beautiful Frank Lampard and che- <laughs> Frank Lampard at Chelsea. You guys though are on opposite sides here. BJ. You know what? Going into this, Michael, I was with Anthony. I'm like, yeah, probably a good Napoli spot here after AC Milan just pummeled them for nothing. And then I looked at my projections and I looked at the odds and I was like, wait, Napoli's kind of a road favorite here. I don't know if I necessarily agree with that. Now I get it. And Anthony's going to tell you that Napoli didn't want to show anything. And so they basically just handed AC Milan that match to Ferozos for nothing. It doesn't actually mean anything because They've already got the Serie A title wrapped up. Oshman didn't play. So, yeah, it doesn't matter. Nothing from that match mattered at all. Well, if we go back to September 18th, when these two teams met the last time, Milan pumped Napoli again. Napoli won the match 2-1, but AC Milan outshot them 11-3 in the first half. Napoli got a cheap penalty right out of halftime. Milan equalized, and then Napoli scored a a low-quality header to win 2-1. But... Let's go back to the 4 nothing drubbing on April 2nd because what Milan did an incredible job of in that match, which I think they can do a great job of in this one as well and give Napoli a lot of problems, is they were incredibly aggressive with their man marking and their pressing in the midfield. Milan, in the middle of the pitch, won 16 of 21 ground battles against Napoli's midfield. And it was one of the more troubling matches for Napoli in their build-up play because Napoli is one of the best build-up possession teams in the world. They're incredibly good at it. So you have to be able to disrupt that if you want to beat them. And Milan did an incredible job of that. Now, Oshman didn't play in that match, and I'm not so sure he's going to play in this one. Everything I'm reading is like he could be out for the rest of the year. He could be back for this match. I'm not really so sure. So make sure you figure out if he's going to play or not before you actually bet this, I guess. But he was incredibly important to them because not only has he scored 21 goals, he has a .74 XG per 90-minute scoring rate. But he also 
frees up a lot of the pitch for Kabarskelia. And what Milan did a great job in the match is they basically took him away. He had 19 touches in the first half. A lot of what Milan's pressing and, and structure was designed to funnel the ball, force Napoli to funnel the ball to the right side of the pitch. But when, you know, Napoli eventually did get the ball to the left because they tried to build up to the left a lot because Kabarskelia is one of the best attackers in the world, Calabria did an outstanding job man marking him. So, Who's to say they can't do that again? Now, the flip side of it is Napoli was incredibly poor defensively in that match as well, especially in wide areas. Now, Napoli out of possession typically likes to sit back in a 4-4-2, which, as we all know, for 4-4-2s, it's take away the middle of the pitch, funnel the ball out wide, force teams to beat you with crosses. Well, Milan torched them in wide areas. Briam Diaz had a great individual game. He's the one who led for the pass for the layout first goal. Dale Hernandez was incredible up the left side of the pitch, just swinging cross after cross after cross. And they pummeled Napoli in those areas. And who's to say they can't do that again? Now, you know, I know Napoli's metrics are better than AC Milan's this season by a pretty wide margin. But Milan went through a really difficult patch in the middle of the season where they lost the Supercopa to Inter. They got pumped by Lazio 4-0. They lost 5-2 to Sassuolo. Then they lost again to Inter 1-0. Dale Hernandez did not play in any of those matches. And since he returned, AC Milan has been much, much better. And they've been really much a lot better at home than they've been on the road this season. So I actually have AC Milan projected at plus 155 and Napoli at plus 197. So I think the odds should actually be flipped. And I get it. Like typical betting tells you like, oh, this team just won for nothing. Like I should bet the other side, try to be smart. Well, given what happened in that match and given what the odds are right now, I don't think that's necessarily true in this one. So I'm taking AC Milan, John O'Bet at even money. I think they should be a favorite in this match. And I mean, we'll see if Oshman doesn't play like that's obviously huge for Napoli and AC Milan can cue in on Kabarskelio again. So I'm going to ride with AC Milan, John O'Bet at even money. Anthony on the other side here. Yeah. Yep. I have not actually bet this yet, which is what I knew BJ was going to mention the first leg. Oshman didn't play in either of the first two matches. I do think he matters. Of course, he's a significant upgrade over Raspadori, who would be the expected starter. Raspadori is about a 0.4-ish per 90 striker, XG per 90. Does add a little bit more in the rest of his game compared to Oshaman, who's closer to about 0.75, getting almost five shots a game. But I just think when you look across the board, about a month ago, Tottenham was a pick at Milan. Even without Victor Oshaman, I think Napoli is a considerably better team than Tottenham. And I think... Milan has run really well to get to this point. Like They got a very favorable group. They got to play a Tottenham team that had all of its midfield out for the first leg. They have overperformed to get to this point. They have finished at a very high rate. They are way too reliant on Liao. And I'm not so sure that the pressing stuff works again because of all the teams that I was most worried about Napoli facing, it was like a team who's a truly big pressing unit. And you just don't get as much of that in Spain. I think that has played into why Napoli has been so good is because when your press isn't as active or effective, they're able to get it to Kvartskilia who gives runs at your defenders. And like, who's the right back to slow down Kvartskilia? Because yes, Napoli didn't have the, the typical Napoli game in the last meeting. Again, like I think it's very hard to get up for them right now. Like they're very much focused only on the Champions League and have the league wrapped, but he was still getting the ball into the penalty area at a decent rate. It just wasn't coming off. Now, some of that is Oshaman not being there, but I still make Napoli a favorite. You can apply a change without Oshaman. I think that Milan will close a favorite if, if he's out, and thus I'll, I'm going to wait on this. 
but I'm betting Napoli either way. All right. Should be fun. No, well, good. last time we went head to head, I got cooked. So directly head to head. You hitched your wagon to a bunch of frauds, Anthony. I know. And Napoli aren't a bunch of frauds. I'll, I'll give not. you that. Well, are, that's the reality. Napoli's been like six tenths of a goal better in Italy this year. Per ninety, it hasn't. I mean, they have. They've also beaten up on lower competition as well. Like I get it. Like it's they've pumped a lot of these you know lower half of the table Italian sides. And like I just mentioned, like AC Milan's gone through rough patches. Like it's not to say like they're. I don't think they're a significantly worse team than Napoli overall, taking everything into account. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. Okay, before we get to our chat with Eric Winalda, talk some Champions League with him, some other stuff. Interesting conversation about some of the best stadium atmospheres in soccer as well. Let's talk a little Europa League real quick. BJ laying some serious wood with yep. Jose. Yeah, plus a half, minus 150. I, I typically don't like to do this, but given the situation that we're in, where it is the first leg, where all they need is a draw to get this thing back to Italy, I have to lay, like, I make Roma a favorite here against Feyenoord. I mean, this is a repeat, right? This is the Europa Conference League final from last season. Roma won that match one nothing. They scored in the 32nd minute, and Feyenoord did basically nothing for the remainder of the match. Like, they created, in total... 0.8 expected goals. They didn't have a, a shot with an XG rating over 0.2. And Roma just continually over and over again has shown us they're the best low block team in Europe. The last three matches, they've conceded a total of 1.2 expected goals. Just a another vintage Jose performance on Saturday where they got a penalty in the eighth minute against Torino and just held them out for the remainder of the match. Torino did absolutely nothing. 0.3 expected goals. Again, I'll say it again and again. Roma, number one in Europe in final third to penalty box entry conversion rate. That's how good of a low block they are. I don't see Feyenoord getting through and scoring. I think it's a good spot to lay some juice with Jose to get a result here in the first leg. Anthony? Yeah, the market moved. I was going to bet Feyenoord first leg at a pick but not anymore because the line has moved. It is now minus a quarter. I think Feyenoord has more attacking firepower and can absolutely make Roma uncomfortable defensively and and cause some problems there. Uh, And then we don't know what Roma looks like once they go down. They haven't been playing Tammy. It's an interesting situation, and they've been in very favorable game states. Don't worry. I still like Roma to go through. I still think we're okay. This is the one team I didn't want to, besides Man United, the one team I didn't want to face. So that's not great. But I will not be betting that match because the line has moved. I make it right around where the number is. So... Now my actual bet. I'm going to take Sporting Lisbon plus a half against Juventus. Juventus has been so inconsistent, so up and down. They actually have the second most points in Italy, which I think we've kind of glossed over in that sense. They've they've rode a very elite wave of defensive luck to get to this point in the season where, you know, they're about roughly even with like a Milan on a performance basis and Fiorentina, like I have them all pretty similar teams. But they host a Portuguese team that I think just consistently undervalued over and over again. It was the case in the Champions League. It was the case against Arsenal in the Europa League. I'm taking Sporting Lisbon plus a half. You can find that at plus money right now because Juve has taken some steam up to minus 135 on the money line. Okay. And now we'll turn it over to our interview with Eric Winalda. Talk some Champions League and some other stuff. Always fun to get Eric's thoughts. He's a firecracker, so... You'll hear that now, and then we will see you again Thursday morning. We are pleased to welcome back former San Diego State Aztec, Eric Ronaldo. You had to go there. (laughs) Uh, 
to talk some Champions League. But before we get there, we watched our Classicer last weekend. We've seen some great uh, atmospheres around the Premier League this season. Uh, Goodison Park was raucous uh, Monday after Michael Keane scored. So I want to ask you, like the, everyone kind of knows the the obvious ones, but if you could give us one or two of the more underrated environments in European soccer, uh, ones that maybe people don't don't know about, whether they were from your time with uh, in the Bundesliga or from your time covering the sport, um, what are two that that people just won't generally think of right away? You know, your Anfields, etc. Right, Old Trafford that that you think maybe is worth a sh- like if you're in the area, go check it out. Uh, I would go straight to Kaiserslautern. Even in, in the second division, they're still selling out. It is insane. And and if and it's funny when you're, you're driving on the autobahn and you're on your way to Saarbrück in the club I used to play for, and that's kind of in between um, uh, Frankfurt. So it's about 30, 35 minutes away from, from Frankfurt because you can drive really fast. But you're like on the autobahn and you literally you pass Kaiserslautern as a town and you just see the whole thing. And it's just, it's it's insane. And in the very back corner, you see the stadium. And you got to remember, Kaiserslautern doesn't have more than, than I don't know, 150,000 people that live there. But they have sold out every damn game I've ever been a part of or seen. And that's, that's a, I think, a 48,000-seater. And it's just the walk-up is intense. It's kind of like, like the Green Bay Packers, if you will, of German football or European football, for that matter. It's insane. I mean, Dortmund is obviously its thing. I mean, Dortmund is crazy. I played for Bochum, so we had to hear about that all the time because we were right on the line. Um, I actually had to move because I was on the wrong side of that line. Matthias Sommer was the one that told me I needed to move. He made me roll the window down. Like, Dude, you can't live here. You got to move. <laughs> and he was right. Um, but Kaiserslautern is the first one I, I would go to. It's just, you know, there's the, it, there's the, the funny thing about Germany, uh, and I know more about it than, than most people because I played in it, right? But I mean, the, the, the bigger, the bigger stadiums, um, there's a lot of them still in the second division. You know, you still have Hausfeld at Hamburg. Uh, Dusseldorf was, I think was to the rim of 58,000 the other day, uh, in that two, two. I mean, so they, they, it's, it's, it's incredible. There's a reason why the German second division rivals, you know, Syria and, and, you know, La Liga in, in attendance. Cause it's, it's just. There's so much history there, tradition, but Kaiserslautern's worth the trip because most people fly to Frankfurt, right? There's some quaint ones too. Freiburg's not, not it's right in the middle of the Black Forest and it's really weird. But Kaiserslautern's close enough so that you're in the Frankfurt area. I mean, Frankfurt's kind of like, it's not that great, you know? It's not, it's not it doesn't blow you away. Leverkusen is like really, you know, not, not, not the best either. They're a great team. They've had great history, but... They don't really sell out and the environment's not fantastic, but Kaiserslautern is off the hook. If they get back to the first division, which doesn't look like they, they will, um, that would be intense. And the other one is by far, hands down, craziest place I've ever been, St. Pauli. That's just nuts. It's nuts. In my day, they used to actually have in the, the suites that you could see them um, from the field where you would see all the, you know, the presidium and the, the, even the owner, the owner's box was box was right next to these two suites, which had strippers poles in them. <laughs> Honest to God. And like, if they scored, half of us were looking up there to see what was going on in that, that suite. You know, it was nuts. I mean, they've, they've shut that stuff down, but um, they're the Raiders. You know, if, 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 if 
K-Town is Green Bay Packers. The Raiders are definitely St. Pauli. Those people are nuts. Uh, Schalke is huge. Everybody knows that. But that's in Hamburg. That's another uh, and that's another cool trip. If you're in a, it's a very Americanized city. Uh, it feels like it has that kind of like New York vibe to it. So I would go with those two, St. Pauli and Kaiserslautern, second division teams. Yeah. Are you, are you going to try to make a trip back for the Euros next summer? Because that's something I'm looking at doing personally and – yeah, I'm intrigued by. I've only been to Germany once, and it was a brief Berlin trip. Oh no, you got to do better than that, man. Um, I know, I know. I got to be. I'm basic. And and don't get mad when the first guy that explains the trains to you is kind of a jerk. That's just the way it works. Uh, you got to understand the train system. Um, but yeah, that's that's always a cool trip. What you'll find too, especially if you speak German, is how much the um, accents change. If you start north and you go south, it's just like America. It's like it's like going from Boston to New York to Philly to Nashville to Florida, you know. And and it it goes from howdy to y'all to to what are you looking at, you know? And it's 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 pretty intense if you if you if you're really paying attention. And there's like five different ways to say hello. You don't even say guten tag. You say servus. The, the further down you get, and eventually you say grossgott, which means Greetings to God. Uh, and that's how you know you're in Bavaria. And if you don't say Gruskot, uh, they know immediately that you're not from their area and they treat you like absolute crap. So just know that going in. Transitioning a little bit. Let's stay on a German team. Bayern Munich is still alive in the Champions League. They got a huge match against Manchester City coming up. I, I'm fascinated by the tactical battle here. Obviously, Thomas Tuchel has had Pep Guardiola's number on occasion at Chelsea. Yep. But... When we get to this stage in the Champions League and a team like Bayern and a team like Manchester City who are so used to having so much game control, so much possession, who do you think in this encounter actually holds more possession and forces the other team to maybe defend in their own final third more than they're used to in their own domestic league? Well, if it were about possession, you know, Tuchel's a genius, man. I mean, people don't realize how how good this guy is. Um his demeanor, the way he talks to people, he's very straightforward. It, you know, he didn't get on with Christian Pulisic, um, because Christian didn't know how to handle somebody that was that straightforward. Um, but his plan will be very simple, and it's an ambush. So, you know, I watched Brentford play again, and it kind of reminded me of that, a team that's totally willing to just concede possession, you know, sometimes in the 30s and the 20s and still win games. Look, Go back and watch how Brentford actually beat Man City. And that's a good game to go off. It was a two to one. I know Ivan Tony scored both. They scored one really late. But in that game, he got outshot, you know, 29 to 10, I think. And the, the one reality was the quality chances that Brentford got. I think they had eight on target of the 10 shots, if I'm if I'm right. Don't well, you can quote me on that. I'm pretty sure. I do have a photographic memory. I remember that one. That's how Tuchel's gonna play. Now I don't know what the odds are right now. The last time I saw it was uh, plus 650 um, for for Bayern. I like Bayern. I like Bayern to win the whole thing. I, you know, I I, I remember I saw the slate here at the Red Rock because um, I just wanted to get the sheet on on the teams that had a chance to win Champions League. And this is before the thing started. Obviously, PSG was really high up there. Um, but Bayern was the sleeper. You know, it was it was still you know 16 you know plus 1600 for Bayern back then. And that surprises me. The reason why this works is if you watch how, I mean, I, I get it, you know, the way, the way that, that they defend. Um, 
but if 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 Miller has a good day and he's got the moving pieces around him, this is really problematic, really problematic for Man City. So Bayern is is and and the and the history of Tuchel, you know, get, getting get it right with Pep. It's not so much Tuchel getting it right with Pep. Do your do your homework on this. Pep gets it wrong at this stage. It people people need to go back and look at some of the decisions he's made in the bigger games, and especially when he has to overthink stuff. He loses at home at the Allianz for nothing to Ronaldo's uh, Real Madrid. I mean, that was insane to watch them go down that way. When he was, was with Bayern, he remember he tried to to mark Suarez, Neymar, and Messi man to man. That didn't work out either. I mean, he'll do stuff. His 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 uh, his assistant coaches have confirmed this. He calls him at like two thirty three in the morning. I got an idea, <laughs> and, he, and he's he's crazy like that. Um, if you're not, you're not really betting against Man City. You're betting against Pep. As much as we make a, a big deal of his ability to, or it's all about the Champions League, he screws it up in these moments for whatever reason. And I'm betting that he's going to do it again. It's yeah. not just with Bayern. There's, you know, the meltdown. Uh, they had the Monaco loss. And they right. got, uh, I think it was six in two matches. Real the meltdown against year. Real Madrid last year. The Lyon match in the COVID year. Lyon beat them two one. Uh, they've and had a lot of weird... his number as you know, as you said, it's 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 a thing. It's a thing. And I know that I know that all, it, and that all the the way that they've played lately. I mean, what have they got? Like seventeen goals in their last three games. I mean, they're go, they're they're they look like they're hitting on all cylinders, but. This is a different one. This is a different one. And Bayern always does this. They have a throwaway game before, you know, they got Freiburg two times in a row, right? And they, and they just lost one. Uh, they'll probably smash them this weekend, but th- this is the way it works with Bayern, especially with this new look, the way that they played against Dortmund. Man, this is a, a really, really intriguing game. Just Almost real all quick. four of these are lined near a, a pick em, actually, in terms of like, who will advance, which is, makes for a fun round. And the team I th- I still think represents the best value in terms of a future. If you're looking to get involved, is Chelsea. And yes, I think that sounds a little wild. Not crazy. It's yeah. not. So it's not crazy at all. They're double. Real Madrid is six and a half plus six fifty to win the uh, Champions League. Chelsea's fourteen to one. So you're getting double the odds on two teams that I I mean I think Real Madrid is better. Carlo Ancelotti and. Frank Lampard, two Everton legends going at toe to toe, but uh, I think you you know who who has the advantage there uh, on the touchline. But this team is is the process looked has looked fine this whole time, and it's just they just needed a little bit of uh, like the rub of the luck. And I I can't even I can't really look away. This is basically where they've been all this entire right. competition around this odds range, right? And they're in the quarterfinals. So and look, you could take some positives out of the other day. Conte's back. And that, that's, oh, that's yeah. a big deal to me. Um, it's it's hard to try to figure out how to play with Enzo, Kovacic, and uh, Conte. And you can, if you notice, Conte's got like a different role. He's, he keeps venturing forward and they're like expecting him to like get on the end of something. You know, it's funny that you'd say Lampard, you know, he, if he takes the job in the interim basis, it's like, it, it's like it's actually what they need. I mean, Lampard was a part of the team that won um, the 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 Champions League with Di Matteo and he was like you know like I don't know guys just go out there and play you know he it, and it was unbelievable and they ended up winning the whole thing uh, in in Munich against Bayern and Bayern missed a penalty kick in that in that game Drogba got a late one on a Mata cross and they won in the penalty kick shootout it was crazy but it was the same feel that I feel about Chelsea right now it's like 
we're we're in the middle of the table. We've spent seven hundred million. Um, it, this is crazy. We're we're on our our third manager. I think somebody um, threw that stat out that Conte has actually started uh, for three different managers in one year or like less than a year when when, when we're talking about Chelsea. It's crazy, right? So, and this 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 represents another big change. But the, I would I think that's the best the best bet you can make. I mean, Chelsea could just out of nowhere, just like they did many years ago, just catch them on the wrong day yeah. and, and catch a little bit of luck. It's if, if that's really the number at 1600, I'm all in on that. They, they just put together, I know they lost to Villa, but once Conte came on completely dominated Villa for the last, you know, ha- half hour of that match. And then didn't couldn't finish anything. I mean, they had like four one-on-ones with, with, uh, Allison on Saturday or Tuesday, but completely dominated that match too. I mean, XG was over two expected goals created, dominated the shots. Liverpool couldn't do anything. They just need a couple of shots to go in. Kai Havertz needs to get uh, his finishing boots on. And they'll Don't celebrate it when you know he hit, he hit your hand. I mean, that was so dumb. Yeah. I was pissed at him. I was like, come on, you have to know that I hit your hand. But I mean, that chance reminded me a lot of the luck he got against, uh, you know, City when it's a similar goal. Well, it just pops up on him and then he gets to finish it and they win one nil. It could have been the same story, but I really like this one, especially with everything going on with Ancelotti. You know, it's a big, big response, obviously, with the uh, Copa del Rey with the 4 0 at, at uh, the Camp Nou. But I don't know. This one has a weird feel to it. I, I remember when, when uh, Torres, <laughs> you know, had, had the breakaway. We had the Gary Neville, uh, you know, orgasmic count or <laughs> call, whatever you want to call. It. That's it's, it. Has that feel to it? So I'm I'm really looking forward to the, both you know, both of these games, but this one in particular, yeah. And then I guess the other question to so the other half of the draw, kind of the way this broke, it's kind of wide open. Right. Uh, Napoli, Milan, Inter, Benfica. You have a pick on who makes the final out of that group. Napoli. Anybody have a chance of beating yeah, Napoli? Napoli? Napoli would get there, especially with them. Letting it's almost like they let Milan t- have them this week, um, last week, the four nil. It, it was almost like a setup. It's just not, and there's a lot going on. I mean, Spalletti got, gets in a fight with um, with um, pretty much everybody, but he was who I think he was having a go at Liao, right? And um, Maldini, you know, kind of walked in the room and and had a go at him. So there's there's a lot more on the on the on the table there. There's there's they're, they're not liking each other right now, but. Napoli is so good. You know, Osimhen didn't play. So, I mean, I, I just think he got a little bit of red. It's not it's not looking good for Milan. But Napoli is very good. They're just a very, very good team. Uh, they should they should see their way to the final. It's just a matter of who's, who, who they're playing against, right? How about, how about the uh, best bet from the, the uh, Champions League? Champions League, I, I, I still think... I still think in this particular matchup, Chelsea is going to surprise. Um, but but Bayern, Bayern's... Bayern's the bet to win it all. I, for me, I mean, I, I know that sounds a little wild, but there's just too many things that uh, are kind of stacking up. Do you Even think, else, real quick before we get out here, do you think, uh, do you think United has the Europa League wrapped up, or do you think another team is going to surprise somebody? Well, it's not an easy ride. I don't. I'm not convinced right now with with United. They're having to change too much. I know McTominay, right? He scores two goals against Spain, two goals against somewhere. He scores four goals on the international break. And now he thinks he's a 10, which was pretty funny. Um, I'm not convinced with United right now. Um, it's it's just, it's still going to come down to the nine. You know, Veghorst isn't 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 what we think. You know, Rashford, 
it's still on a, he's still on a tear, but, but they just, they, they don't, there's something wrong. They, they don't look all the way there. They don't like, they don't look the finished product. So um, it, it, it'll be, it'll really come because I, if you really look at how many, how many, how many uh, Italian teams are still in this thing, right? You still have Juventus hanging around. Um, it's, you know, if they didn't have that 15 point deduction, they would be, they would be challenging for Scudetto. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's a, it's an interesting competition. It, it doesn't get enough attention, obviously. Um, right. But um, I'm I'm not I'm not all the way in on. Well, maybe uh, maybe you should join me and Anthony. Uh, I know you brought it up a couple Roma. weeks ago. Leverkusen eight to one. Now Roma. No, we're, he, we're already on Roma. We know. Got a really no, good we know what Jose is going to do. Leverkusen will find out what they're all about. They got Frankfurt, which is a basically you know essentially staying in the tournament. It feels like the same damn tournament this weekend. But I'm I'm all in on Alonso. He is mm -hmm. the real deal. This this is this is what a manager's supposed to look like, you know, and he just he's 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 got a he's got a team that uh one it's better than it's young enough uh defensively they've had their 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 problems they got tied out of there which was probably the best thing they could have done but i think that this is a team that can surprise and they're eight to one because that's mm -hmm. you know and and we know how it works with, with leverkusen right you know, mm -hmm. they, they they get smashed every once in a while i mean absolutely destroyed and and you kind of go where the hell did that come from? I don't think that'll be the case with uh, with Alonso, but we'll know a lot more after we see what they look like against Frankfurt. Say maybe if they meet Roma in the semifinals, winner gets the Real Madrid job. How about that? It's pretty much Jose and Joe. What we're talking about right? I mean, it really is. <laughs> I mean, I I thought if if they wouldn't have fired Nagelsmann, you know, and and gone the Tuchel route, I would have really thought that Alonso had set himself up. Um, to be Byron's manager because mm -hmm. he played there. Uh, he, he he knows the lay of the land. He knows everything, and he's really becoming a really beautiful young manager. Um, but yeah, I mean, it would make just as much sense, right? Real Madrid. Mm -hmm. He would be a great successor to to Ancelotti. And Ancelotti, I think one of the reasons why we think they might lose is because they've already won it all. They've what, what else does he have to do? I mean, he's he's won it all everywhere, and they might have a letdown. And it might come in this uh, in the form of a loss in, in this in the early stages of the Champions League. So it's good stuff. Don Carlo will be back. Uh, he'll be in like the Gladys Street end as a as a fan for for when Everton. Uh, no, Carlo's going to be having a cappuccino in June in Vancouver because that's where. Yeah, he lives. I, know. I love that. He, I love that he lives there. Yeah, it's amazing. Uh, it's a cool city. Uh, all right, Eric. Uh, we appreciate it. Enjoy the uh, Champions League this weekend. We'll see you again soon. You got it. It's going to be good. I hope we're right. It's going to be fun. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.